Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Matt Starks. Matt Starks. Starks. Maximum Maximum Footmax. Please welcome from the University of Florida, tackle Matt Starks. Hour number two of the show, live from the Ak Chin Community Studios. Wolf Luke here, looking at the uh, the Cardinals roster, and, and one player in particular. Wolf, I want to zero in on here now. You and I, <laughs> we we said pre-show we were going to wait till eleven o'clock to talk about it, and then in the first segment we started talking about it because that's how kind of a I don't know I don't, I don't want to say unique story, but but how much it, it stands out. I want to get Max's thoughts on this too. Max, Andy Isabella makes the team. Had a great preseason, really good training camp. This was Andy Isabella uh, after the game on Saturday with Paul Calvisi. Sure, I want to play, so whoever's going to play me, um, I hope that's where I go. And this here, if they're going to give me reps, then uh, I'm happy to be here and happy to make plays and happy to impact, uh, make an impact for this team. Um, so I hope uh, that's the case. I love Arizona, and we're going to see what happens. Now, he had also said in his, uh, his press conference right after the game, he, he had said, they can't break me. So Paul asked him what he meant by that. I think I was overlooked. I think they turned their back on me, um, but I overcame again, and I think that's maybe why I operate best. I've been overlooked my whole life, uh, coming out of UMass and Mayfield, everything, um, and that motivates me. And um, but I know my purpose is is my my purpose that God gives me is to inspire these kids that look up to me and my family. And um, so when I go out there, I really remember that, and that motivates me to go hard every play, even when I'm tired, even when I don't want to show up. I know I have a greater purpose. All right. So when I first heard that, guys, I, I thought, okay, maybe. You know, maybe he's he's tired of hearing fan scrutiny. He's tired of her, hearing media scrutiny. You know, he hasn't had the start to his career he has wanted, and obviously he gets compared to DK Metcalf because he went two picks ahead of him. But now we get reports out there, Max, that maybe he doesn't even want to stay on the Cardinals. He wants them to trade him. I don't. I mean, it's not like he has done anything the first three years of his career. I'm, I'm pulling for the guy. But if he really feels the they that have turned their back on him is the Cardinals, he's losing me. Yeah, exactly. Because they they just they just picked you up on the roster. We talked about this in the open about the bittersweet feelings you can have on cut down day. And if you made a roster, if you did, he made a roster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you should be excited that the team that drafted you still wants you. And now whether now whether it's because you had to put DeAndre Hopkins on the suspension list that remains to be said. Uh, but. But you're on this team. You're locked in for this year. You're going to get your credited season to then further your career. So you can't come in here and cry over spilled milk of the past. Go give them a reason to love you again. Go do something out there spectacular when called upon and make it happen. Don't let it be just conjecture or, you know, shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Go out there and show us a reason why, hey, you know what? Cardinals picked me to be on this squad. Let me go show them why they made the right decision. And then when DeAndre Hopkins comes off the list, let's make it a tougher decision for them to have to figure out how to make space for D-Hop because I've been doing my job. I think that's how you have to look at it. And he's taking it the wrong way where he's like, oh, they picked me because of this. Stop counting the heads in the room. Stop looking at everybody else's pockets and worry about what you got going on. And I think that's kind of a that was a poor approach to take it because there's so many other ways you could have done it. I, you know, for me, Max, honestly, I think I love to see this. Take the chip off your shoulder and bury it in your heart. That's what I love to see. And I think this will. I think this, this was a slight 
to Andy Isabella. But what I don't understand is why do you think an organization that drafted you in the second round, why do you think they're working against you like they turn their back on you? I, For me, I'm sorry. I, I'm not buying that. This this organization was invested in Andy Isabella doing well. I don't mind him, you know, creating this slight. I don't. I don't mind that, that that he was hurt at this, that he felt like he was betrayed, that they did turn their back. I I'm fine with that. Just bury it in your heart and go play. I'm with you 100%. You got to step off that line at some point in time and recognize this is a mercenary league. This isn't a high school team. It isn't. We're not. There's no scholarships. There's no scholarships. Exactly right. This is a mercenary league, and you need to step off that line and separate yourself with a square jaw and shoulders back. Well, and and more so than that, it's keep that in your head. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, or or leave that for an NFL mic'd up on the sidelines when Julian Edelman's telling you know you you that you're old. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to hear that in a post-game interview and things have not been resolved or determined yet or wait till you're cut and then talk about it. But to make this squad have that statement right before this and you're still in the squad, it, it, it would cause me to feel some type of way in the locker room. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Whatever you got to do to create your chip. Listen, I created chips left and right to put on my shoulders. So that it kept me going in the league. But I wasn't telling the media that. I wasn't doing an interview talking about how they don't like me and they, and they, you know, I, woe is me. No, dude, you have an opportunity to go out there, compete. You have a jersey. You have a team allegiance. Honor that team. Go out there and play your butt off and make it hard for them to want to get rid of you because what you're doing, you're also auditioning for those 31 other teams. And if they think that you're a, a, a team cancer, I think they'll look twice if they hear this interview or look at it and say, what's this dude talking about? I'm like, How's he going to feel if he comes to our squad? He doesn't get the playing time he thinks he's going to get. Is he going to do the same thing and think that we turned our backs on him? Or look inside and say, you know what, maybe my performances need to be better. Yes. Maybe See, I need to quit creating right excuses. That is it right there, Max, for me personally. I, listen, I'm not I, – I loved Andy. Totally loved Andy Isabella. Right early on, I was the guy saying to man, I think this guy is going to be a great pick. And I thought he was developing in his second year. And then all of a sudden it went quiet right there. For me, again, um, don't act like the organization is holding you down or tried to disrespect you and hold you down. Take personal responsibility, personal responsibility for your performance and where you were. And then if you do that, you can do something about it, and he did. And that's why I'm so happy for Andy Isabella, because whether it's here with the Cardinals or somewhere else, he did take personal responsibility, and he did something about yeah, it. Yeah, and if it was just those comments after the game, you could easily kind of write that off of like, okay, he, you know, he just finished probably the best game of his career up to this point, 115 yards. He knew what was on the line, you know, heat of the moment. But when you couple that with, with Gambo's tweet yesterday, and Gambo's, Gambo's tweet doesn't say, hey, Andy Isabella hates it here, but he says Andy Isabella made the Cardinals 53-man roster, but from what I'm hearing, he wants to be traded, wants a fresh start and snaps over being a depth guy that may not play. It goes back to what you guys are saying. He has 31 career catches. Career. Like Rondale Moore as a rookie last year that we all feel like didn't get used enough had 54 just last year. If Andy Isabella feels like the Cardinals aren't giving him a chance... 
He's, he's got an NFL contract for three years, and, and now he, they stuck with him to the point where now he's finally starting to make a difference. This would be a weird time to be like, no, you guys are the ones that held me back. Nobody was trying to hold him down, Matt. I mean, that just is counterintuitive yeah. to think that. Nobody. This organization was heavily invested in him doing well. All right, we come back. Cardinals swung a trade yesterday with the Raiders. So how confident are you now in that cornerback room? Maximum football continues next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Footballs. Please welcome from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Max starts with us for one more segment here. And uh, Max, the the biggest question mark on this team heading into camp, I would say heading out of the preseason and uh, probably even still now heading into the regular season is the cornerback room. But the Cardinals did address it to a certain extent yesterday, trading for Trayvon Mullen of the Vegas Raiders. So they add somebody, they add another Clemson player, they add a little bit of a bigger corner and a guy that has has NFL experience. He's still younger, but he has he's actually played. He's not like a uh, you know a total flyer. Uh, what does that do for you in terms of confidence of their secondary heading into Week One? Well, I, I feel better about it. I mean, you know, Trayvon Mullen is a guy that. Coming out of Clemson, left after his junior year, you know, was um was was a good prospect. The only thing that was funny was he we did it was so much we didn't know about him, even though he was on a Clemson squad that was that was really good, a defensive line that was excellent. He didn't get thrown at. <laughs> so, you know, they were scared about his height, his size. He he's a very competitive at the point type of uh cornerback, which you love. He can play press. He can also play zone. So he has a lot of versatility. Um, the instincts aren't quite there. Um, but, I, you know, one thing I will say, this definitely adds a lot of depth. When you're thinking about having Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy, Hamilton, and uh, Matthew back there, Trayvon Mullen bolsters that. He makes it, he makes it, he takes a, a, a decent group and makes them a good group. And I think he has enough natural ability when you put him in the right situations where he can be very effective. He's not Patrick Peterson, not saying that by any stretch, but he's a guy that's very tough off the ball. Like guys can't get clean releases on him. And sometimes when you're talking about timing routes, and especially with the Kansas City Chiefs and what Pat Mahomes likes to do, it's a lot about timing. And if you can disrupt that timing or you can be a guy who's an obstacle in that timing, you can have a lot of success with disrupting the rhythm. So I think having Trayvon Mullen, see how fast he can get up to speed um, and utilize him in a league that loves 11 personnel. So you've got to have three guys out there. You might be able to bump a Marco Wilson to the inside to play some nickel work for you. And you can be a little bit more creative because he can play outside. And I'm sure he can play on the inside. It's just we look at him more as an outside type of corner. So if you can do that, now you get more versatility on the inside on how you want to deploy your safeties and how you want to deploy your nickels and dimes. Max, why do you think the Cardinals only had to give up a seventh-round pick that could turn into a sixth-round pick for Trayvon Mullen? 
Um, have you seen the the, uh, the um, cleaning of house that Josh McDaniels and Ziegler's doing out there in Las Vegas? <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't they mean are, you just have a fire sale and give away pieces that you could get a lot more for. I'm wondering uh, what it is. What is the knock on Trayvon Mullen? Because to me, Max, like I think, I think what happened was they were going to cut Trayvon Mullen. <laughs> That's what I yeah. think. And, and instead of that, the Cardinals said, hey, wait a minute, we'll give you a seventh round pick. Okay, we'll give you, a, you know how that happens at cut down oh, yeah. day, right? Where we'll give you a seventh round pick. We don't want you to expose them to waivers. We'll go ahead exactly. and we'll just give it, hey, we'll give you a seventh round pick. We'll turn it into a sixth round pick if he actually pans out and plays a lot. I, I'm surprised. I'm with you. This kid is long. He's athletic. He's 6'2", 200 pounds. He's got size to him. He comes from Clemson of all these. You know he's from a good program and was coached well. You have to wonder, how did that happen? And his cousin's Lamar Jackson, too. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there's so family ties. antenna is up on that. That's all I'm saying. I wonder what it no, is. No, and, and, and you have every right to be. But I look at, you also cut Alex Leatherwood. A first round draft pick also <laughs> when you're thinking about what Las Vegas has been doing. So I don't know point. what, so, so I think when you look at that and he was obviously a second round pick, but it, it does, it, it doesn't make sense outside of cleaning house. Cause then we could also point to what happened with Bill O'Brien and him. I don't know if he lost his mind or what. Um, cause that's how we got DeAndre Hopkins, right? Sometimes you just, you find the right guy in the right moment and a team doesn't value them the same point, way that Max. you do. That's a so point. I, I don't know. And everything that I've seen, and, and we had the Raiders last year. I was on the sidelines watching that game, uh, when they came to Pittsburgh and I saw him in the game. And I mean, he looked like, a, he looked like a good corner. I mean, we weren't really throwing to him where well, a lot of the stuff was short underneath stuff. I think where he really excels in his game, he doesn't get beat downfield. So when he gets tested on those deep balls, that's where he shines. I think the short intermediate stuff, he's not as great. And that's probably what Josh McDaniels and Brad Ziegler probably saw and were like, okay, short area quicks or being able to jump stuff. He's not, he's not as in tune with that. But if you're talking about guys trying to go yard on you, trying to send a nine ball down down the field, or you're running single high coverage, and I got him on the outside knowing that he has to block up against the top receiver, I feel a lot better in that, but I don't think he was tested like that in Las Vegas. So that's where I think it might be change of venue, change of scheme, and teams wanting to test this secondary a lot more, I think you'll see more value in him, and it just wasn't appreciated in Las Vegas. Yeah, and you guys mentioned the size, too. 6'2", 200 is by far the biggest corner the Cardinals have, other than Christian Matthew. But Christian Matthew, with yeah. all due respect, is a seventh-rounder out of Valdosta State. And, yeah. and you're talking about Trayvon Mullen, a guy that was a second-round pick. I mean, that's not that long about a Clemson national like. champion. <laughs> Played on big stage. The lights never get too big for that young man. Well, either way, now they have two six foot two corners on this team, and that's not typically a position that you you see teams able to go big with. So that in mind, now Max, do you expect more movement at that position from the Cardinals, or do you? And I mean, b- before the first game against the Chiefs, or do you think they're going to settle in with this group and, and see what they have? I, I think you settle in with this group right now. I think the bigger thing is you got to figure out some more. Um, you know, I would personally, I would like to see a little bit more pass rush and depth at the D-line position. I think that's why you have those extras in there and possibly an offensive lineman. I think securing your trenches are going to be the uh, the priority. I think you've handled the secondary concerns 
um, at the cornerback position with Trayvon Mullen. So I don't think you're going to see anything else on the secondary side. But I think uh, on the lines, um, both offensive and defensive, I think that's where you might see some movement. You know, right now, as far as that defensive line and the offensive line, for that matter, um, physicality is really something that I'm going to be watching early on, right? We didn't see a lot of these guys playing in preseason games. I understand why. That's Cliff Kingsbury. That's the way he does it. He's not alone in that regard. There's a lot of other teams that are out there right now that are approaching the preseason the same way. But the physicality, the offensive line overall... Tell me how good you feel about that room right now. I feel good about the starting five. <laughs> yeah, <went> okay. <laughs> I mean, I I, lo- I love the front five um, for the Cardinals. Um, you know, I understand why you had to go get a Cody Ford from Buffalo um, to secure some things. I think because of what well, we talked about, those injuries, right? You know, see, seeing a guy like Justin Murray get injured and have an injury settlement, right? Josh Jones as well. Um, the injuries was a big thing. And when it happens to your backups and you already got some starters that are kind of nursing some stuff, that's not a good sign. So, you know, having Cody Ford, bringing him over was a solid move to kind of bolster your depth so you have a six-man off the line that can come in and kind of fill um, yeah. some needs. But I think you still need that other that other guy. I mean, nothing against Sean Harlow and Lasita Smith. I think both of them are going to be great interior guys over time, but it's just it's young and inexperienced. I would like to see an experienced guy in there in that swing interior that you can bring back and, or bring in that can kind of bolster that. So your sixth and seventh guys can be good, and you can let these other two young guys kind of grow and learn and not get thrown into the fire too early. Max, I know we've, we've talked about this in the past, but now that the preseason is over and, and pretty much every other team was at least playing their second stringers, most of them got their first teamers some work. Are you concerned at all with the Cardinals now going into this first game against the Chiefs and they haven't really played anybody at all? I normally am <laughs> because I believe you have to knock the rust off. That's why the preseason is here and in place. If you're playing it to worry about guys not getting injured, then you're going to get let down in the season. That's just my personal philosophy. Um, but I also get that you've also had a lot of success with with going by this approach with Cliff Kingsbury. As you've seen, incremental progress year on and year out with this Cardinals team. My question is going to be when we get to the middle of the season and the, and that first half turns to the second half of the season, where is the endurance? Where is the grit? Where is the, um, where is the ability for guys to kind of get over injuries, right? You know, are you hurt or are you injured, right? If you're hurt, tape it up, walk it off, get back in the game. If you're injured, okay, that's a different story. I just, I, I feel like you have to put yourself under stress to know what you can deal with. And if the first time you're going to be put under stress is in the regular season against Kansas City, woo, I'm, I'm a little concerned, right? Because that, that, that's taking your stress level from zero in the preseason mm-hmm. to a thousand. Yeah. And I just would have liked to have seen a couple of series, you know, just a couple of reps just to knock off uncertainty, especially if you're a guy that finished the year, maybe injured, hobbled. Your last game that you saw a lot of these starters play in was that Rams playoff game. Yeah. And that's the last taste in their mouth um, from playing competitively. And a lot of teams do it differently. I know the Cardinals were very hands-off as far as the physicality in camp. I don't want my first physicality being the first game of the season. That's just me. But like I said, 
Cliff has a system. It has worked for the last couple of years. They come out the gate smoking, but I just don't know how that second half is going to be, and I don't know what's going to happen once you start getting injuries. Well, and that's ultimately what matters. Max, great stuff as always, Thanks, man. Thank Max. you. My pleasure, guys. Y'all take care. Tell Craig I love him. I will. And he told me he loves you, too. I talked to him today. This is going all season. It's Max all right, Starks brother. joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, is there any way ASU could maybe surprise some people this year? Season starts tomorrow. We'll get into it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Right here, it's, this is how you can tell we're close, Wolf. I've almost talked myself into a winning season for ASU. I've almost figured out a way they can go seven and five. All right, we did our uh, Pac-12 fantasy draft, Vince Murata and I, and a few others last night. And uh, oh, of course, after you get uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yes, I, I just it's the only one in existence. It's right the now. only You're one in America. Me you have a Pac-12 yes. fantasy. Yes. Football. The, there is league. no award except the dignity that you don't lose by uh, by losing. Are you serious? Oh, it's did fantastic. anyone draft yes. Bonex? Yeah, somebody did. Who? Uh, it wasn't Vince you? or I. No, oh. it was not me. I'm well, sorry. Damn. No. We, we, typically, it's it was really a, a better pick by I. <laughs> typically, it is better a pack eleven. I. It's a pack eleven league because nobody ever takes U of A players. Um, <laughs> No, I no, is that seriously? Are you serious about well, that? Well, you or, I or, I okay. tried to remove those teams and everybody's like you can't do that. It's already small enough as it is. So now it's just nobody drafts you Okay, great. Yeah. All right. That's how sick Luke is with fantasy football. <laughs> he, they, they have a Pac-12. Vinny too. Vince is right a in Pac-12 it. Pac-12. Look, fantasy football. League. Allow me to pull back some of my dignity here. The reason that we do the the reason Vince and I do the league, the other four people we in all it. know the reason why. No. You don't? No, we do. No, do you? What is that reason? You're sick. <laughs> the reason we do it is so when we're talking about the Pac-12 on the air, we actually know something about the other teams other than just ASU and USC. And that's a long way of saying, Wolf, there ain't much in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah. There really isn't. Boy, great. Yeah, so that's uh, that's where we are. So that's why I feel like I can talk myself into 7-5 and five for ASU. I just, I got to keep, they got to win the one tomorrow, hey, Luke, though. You know what, honestly, you need to talk to somebody. I'm talking you to you to right now. You need to lay down on the couch. And you need to talk to someone. Oh, trust me, that'll be right after ASU's season. When they don't go seven and five, they go three and nine. Uh, NAU tomorrow. This is Herm Edwards on with Bickley and Murata this morning, and he's. I want to start with this one, Wolf, talking about the fact, and this is something you've brought up a few times. The guys that are at ASU right now, and, and yes, this is the silver lining and a very horrible cloud that has been this off season. <laughs> But at least you know the guys that are at ASU want to be at ASU. You, you can't take that lightly. Um, uh, we lost a few guys, which a, a lot of teams did due to the transfer portal. Um, but we also gained a lot of guys that wanted to come here. So I think it's, it's, it's a unique situation now in college football all over the country. I mean, that's what you see. You see you know, different guys going to different teams and different conferences, and that's, just, that's going to be the way college football is going to be looked at. Man, you know what? Honestly, this is something that it does fire me up a little bit. I am very, very curious to see how these guys respond to the opportunity that is ASU. The land of opportunity is in Tempe, Arizona. 43 new guys. I mean, what? (laughs) 
are you kidding me? 43 new guys who really don't know each other. 43 new guys who are coming here and they all know why. Because this is the land of opportunity. I'm, I'm curious to see what that does to each individual player. Each, I think Herm is going to get the best out of each one of these guys because they're going to be locked in. They understand what is at stake. What does that mean? I have no idea, but I'm fascinated to see it. Well, and I, you know, that was partially tongue in cheek when I said, could they go seven and five, but not entirely. All right. So your first five games, NAU, Oklahoma State, Eastern Michigan, Utah, USC. So your three ranked opponents are in your first five games and your other two games are NAU and Eastern Michigan. If you could somehow go three and two, then this could actually be a half decent season. It's going to be a fun season, but. Everything that's hanging over the program, Wolf, is really more big picture. Yes. Like, it, it hurt yes. them a little bit this year in theory. But when you start to get past those those first five games, you got Washington, Stanford, Colorado, UCLA, Washington State, Oregon State, U of A. Anybody on that list? I mean, the Pac-12 is not all that impressive outside of USC and Utah and Oregon right now. So anybody on that list of those last seven games, do you look at and be like, oh, well, there's, there's no way you could ever beat that team? Like, ASU's got some issues, don't get me wrong, but I think their issues are more that they can't recruit anybody for next year and the year after. They have a team that's kind of on par with with most teams in the Pac-12 right now. And once again, going back to it, you played the cut right there by Herm, talking about we don't take it lightly that they want to be here. Man, that's exactly what I'm talking about. This is the kind of thing that can bond a team and bring them together. Even in the the era of the NIL and free agency and college football with the transfer portal, it's just sick. It is. It's 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 destructive to the entire sport. But that still is big picture. Now all of a sudden you can you can hone it down to saying these guys want to be here because they're going to get the opportunity to go out and play and, and show what they can do, man. That sounds really close, like the chip being buried in the heart. Uh, two of the headliners of those players, those 43 new players, Xavier uh, Valade, the running back, who's going to be the co-starter with Daniel Nagata, and then Emery Jones, the quarterback. Here's Herm on Jones. Uh, very powerful arm. Um, he, can, he can throw the ball anywhere on the field. Uh, and he has, uh, he has a skill set uh, to make the unannounced play with his feet. And so it, it's just it's just for him it's getting getting comfortable obviously in the offense, but also with all the receivers and the tight end core that he has. You know, he wasn't here in the spring. When he came here late, he was in the summer. And with that being said, he really, really um, showed the team what kind of leader and, and the leadership he provided, and the fact that um, he's one of the team captains. Look, if he can, just because he wasn't great in the SEC doesn't mean he can't be effective in the Pac-12. I mean, let's be honest about the state of those two conferences right now. The SEC is a little more competitive than the Pac-12 is in football. If he can take a step and maybe a fresh start helps him, you know, Jaden Daniels wasn't great last year for ASU, and they still won eight games. So we'll see. This is the this is the height of my optimism for this season. Wolf, can you tell? (laughs) I can see the furrowed brow you're talking about it right now, and you just this is what. I'm encouraged, and the reason why I'm encouraged is because I think of last year. I, I think of all the talent. Don't think Herm of the Utah Edwards. games. Think of last year, all the talent they had. 
going into last season. Uh-huh. How'd that talent do? Uh, it was disappointing. It was extremely disappointing to watch that talent. Because it of the penalties. The, the undisciplined nature of that team, it was extremely disappointing to watch it. All that talent. Now all of a sudden, they oh, they ain't got no talent. Let's find out what happens. I can't believe you ripped the Pac-12 Fantasy League. Don't blame me. At least blame whoever started it. You're, yeah, probably you. you yeah, it was me, but that's not the point. And you know it. I got, there's a waiting list for you that and, league. You and Vinny. You, oh, my goodness. You, you're going to throw Vin in? Be honest. You, you wish that you were in. That doesn't help like, you. You wish you were in a Big 12 or whatever conference that the West Virginia is in this you. week. All right, we're sending you and your Wolf Pack to see the Cardinals. Take on the Raiders in Vegas, courtesy of Circa Resort and Casino Week 2. Just text Vegas to 620-620 and listen for your name next Tuesday for your chance to win. Plus, qualifiers will win tickets to the Cardinals home opener. That's Vegas to 620-620. Come back. D-backs have been on fire as of late. We're going to talk to their assistant GM and senior VP, Emil Sade. Next, it's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Diamondbacks front office focus with Wolf and Luke. Presented by Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing. G-O-E-T-T-L. It'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Gettle.com. Yeah, this is where the D-backs have gotten here at the end of August, Wolf. We've both done this at separate breaks during the show. We've pulled out the show sheet and been like, when do we get to talk D-backs again? When do we have that lined up? That's how exciting this team has has gotten. It, look, it's been progressive, but uh, but specifically these last couple of days since the call-up of Corbin Carroll and we throw in Zach Gallon the way he's pitching, there's a lot of different directions you can go when having a conversation about the D-backs right now. Yeah, every time I talk about this team, I get all jacked up. Um, yes, and there's no doubt about it, I'm riding a little bit of a mini-wave Actually, going to the ballpark last night and watching Corbin Carroll, watching Jake McCarthy, watching Dalton Varsho, watching Alec Thomas, watching all of the speed and the athleticism that was out on the diamond. I, I got to tell you, man, there's no doubt about it. Watching this team is fun. It is fun to watch this team, especially as a former a football player where athleticism, not that I was a great athlete at all, but where athleticism, for the most part, is a big part of that game. Um, to see the raw freak show athleticism of the Arizona Diamondbacks, especially in their outfield, it, it's it's mind numbing, man. Well, it's it's something you have to you have to zig when everybody else is zagging, right? When you're in a division where the Dodgers and Padres are just going to spend money and 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 not just money like on their own players. They just go out and buy other players, and then whatever. That's the rules. that They're allowed to do that. The Dodgers draft well, yes, but then they also go out and, yeah, we want Freddie Freeman. Okay, who won MVP the year before? Oh, we'll take Mookie Betts, too. Like If you're going to compete in that division, you have to do something different, and it maybe it's winning with defense and speed. We had Mike Hazen on a couple weeks ago, and he said, look, yeah, we're trying to – we want to have – the the best defensive outfield in baseball at some point. Wolf, they might already be there, honestly. <laughs> like with the way Alec Thomas plays, you may already have the best defensive center fielder in baseball. And he's only he hasn't even played a hundred games in his career yet. You know, it was one of the things I wrote down in my notes just watching these guys play. How many runs will this outfield save a pitcher over the course of a season? And that's by design. <laughs> 
I mean, that's by design. And again, we know philosophically Mike Hazen is so big on pitching in defense, pitching in defense. But man, the, the raw athleticism again in speed in the outfield defensively with a great glove. Um, how many runs will this save a pitching staff? Over the course of a year, I, there's going to be an analytic, I'm sure, that is out there. And probably some hardcore individuals right now know what analytic that is. Well, I do not. They are also winning games, too. Yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs. That's always the pushback for anybody that, that is not enjoying this ride. And I don't know why, if you're a Diamondbacks fan or you're a Valley Sports fan, you wouldn't enjoy this. Because you've been waiting for this. And now, here you go. You've got the next wave of D-backs players coming up. And these these guys actually look like the foundation of the next really good to great D-backs team. It does. That, that would be great. Like, it hey, Corbin Carroll's fun to watch. Alec Thomas is fun to watch. But if they're losing every game, it's like, yeah, but the future's, you know, it's a ways away. Well, if they've won five in a row, they've scored 45 runs in those five games. Zach Gallen doesn't give up runs. It's been, it's by the time he makes his next start, it's going to have been a full month since he gave up runs. They are seven, three and two in series since the all-star break. I mean, you talk to any, anybody in a front office in major league baseball at the start of the year. And they always say our goal is to just go out there and just win series. You're not going to win every game in baseball, but if you can keep stacking series wins, that's how you get it done, and they're doing it in the second half of the season. Yeah, and you know, once again, too, I was talking about this. I I know I'm overreacting here. I I know that I am. (laughs) It feels good. Doesn't feel good to overreact. Right now, it feels great. It feels absolutely fantastic to overreact. I'm going to remember you said that when I overreact to ASU beating NAU on Friday. (laughs) I'm I. It feels great. You, you have to wonder right now, this is a completely different brand of baseball. I mean, it's still baseball, of course, but it's, it's like speedball. I said that earlier, speedball. It is to watch the raw athleticism that you're seeing, not only in the field, but also on the base paths. Last night alone, watching them beat out the, these balls that were typical outs, maybe, infield hits. How many infield hits will the Diamondbacks outfield generate? How many? The speed on this team. How many base hits will these guys stretch into doubles? Dalton Varsho, just like he did last night. Jake McCarthy with a triple. <laughs> McCarthy's the one that's surprising me oh because I gave you his numbers a couple days ago, and then he had five RBI last night. How many runs... Will this bunch produce merely because they put the bat on the ball? They put the ball in play. They're not, it's not a ton of strikeouts from these guys. They're good. They put the ball in play. And when you've got their kind of speed and you put it in play, look out. Well, and sometimes when you call up a prospect, it takes them a while to hit. Now, it's been two games for Corbin Carroll. I'm not saying like, oh, he's arrived, but. Doesn't it kind of feel like he's arrived? Like even Mike Trout, when he first got called up, he was okay. You know, and then he, it, it kind of took the rest of that first season. And then, you know, when obviously once he got going, he was, he's, he's been maybe the best hitter we've seen in the last 15, 20 years. Uh, Carroll, five RBI in his first two games. And you said this earlier, Wolf, they feed off each other. You can this see is, it. 
he, he makes a play in the outfield. Now Thomas is like, no, okay, after that, you put your, your, your glove on your head. This is how we do it here. <laughs> Dalton Varsho's going crazy after. Like, they feed off each other. Yes. It doesn't feel like yes. just traditional, old-school, quiet baseball. It really doesn't. You know, it, it's almost like um, feeding off of each other. That is it right there. The, the inner competitiveness with this team right now, because of this jam, this log jam of youth, and exuberance. You know, it's like, hey, Alec Thomas, you think you're fast? Watch this. <laughs> I mean, think of it. How, who's the fastest guy on the team? You know what? That's disputed. I don't know who the fastest guy is, but I've been watching that clip that Bally Sports tweeted out of Corbin Carroll running from first to home. And then they have a clip of, of Jake McCarthy, too. But the one of Corbin Carroll, he's not a big dude. And it looks like it takes him like five steps to get from one base to the next. Like it's it's the most effortless base yes. running I've seen in in a long time. Hey Jake McCarthy, who do you think you are? <laughs> Didn't you notice we just brought Corbin Carroll up? What are you going to do? Steal the show? <laughs> yeah, I'm about five RBI. Dalton Varsho, you were the first guy to flash and make people believe you could actually be a player, and and now you're standing in the shadows. Are you going to compete? Oh, yeah, Dalton Varsho is going to compete. I will promise you that because you can see it. This is who he is. And then Corbin, 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 Corbin. You need your disclaimer. (laughs) Disclaimer needs to be like the alarm on your phone. You think you're going to come up here, Corbin, and you're going to drive in five runs in two games? Is that what you think you're going to do? I mean, you think we're scoring 22 runs in two games because you're here? Um, this is, listen, Basinonians, these young dragons are competing against each other. They know what's at stake, and the best part is they all get along. But never forget, one wants to outdo the other, and the other wants to crush what one does. They are competing against each other, and you can see the results. How about the uh, the stat that Maloney threw out there before? 12 RBI last night in that game, all by rookies for the D-backs, okay? Geraldo Perdomo had two, and that was his 127th career game, all right? Uh, you had Alec Thomas with two. He also had four hits. So Alec Thomas with two, that was his 95th career game. You had uh, Corbin Carroll with three. That was his second career game. And you had Jake McCarthy with five RBI, and that was his 94th career game. Yeah, there it is. Huh? It is. This is so fun. I cannot tell you, Basinonians, if you, if you haven't actually gone down to the ballpark, you, you seriously have a reason to go down. It is, it is baseball like maybe you've never seen. I, I, I'm sorry. I was sitting there with an older gentleman, Rob, sitting there with Kyle, his son-in-law. It was very, very cool out in left field. Rob has been around. He's seen an awful lot. And he's commenting on how fun it is to watch this team play with this kind of raw athleticism and speed. This is like I said, speedball, man. If you can carry it, too. Like, I want to see what they do against the Dodgers and the Padres here in this final month of the season. And if they lose to those teams, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, that's all out the window. But what if you could carry it through and you could you, know, you could split with the Dodgers or whatever? I think you have eight games left with them. You said this before off the air, Wolf. If you can carry this excitement through the rest of the season, what's the start of next season going to feel like? Well, can you imagine? Because you're already starting so far down when you started calling these guys up this year that there was really no way to make the playoffs 
but the way they're playing, they're 21 okay. and 15 since the All-Star break. I mean, that that's how a playoff team plays in the second half. Yes, okay, they just won another series as well. Yep. Never forget, 7-3-2 and two since the All-Star break. 7-3-2. Uh, and two. And, uh, and Amiel did call in. I know I teased that we were going to have him on. And I'm we're talking having, about series wins, 7-3-2. We're having uh, phone issues, so we are hoping to maybe talk to him later on in the show, Amiel Sade. <laughs> but either way... It's uh, you're right. Well, seven you're three such and a two. Driver. You're just all worried well, about the got technical it, yeah. issues, and I'm over here seven three and two. I'm not talking like about a, a cornfield. Well, I'm talking about series. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get Bruh. to a break here. Coming up next, we're going to take through the top stories of the day. Wolfing down your lunch is right around the corner. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.